Hello, this is The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Today on the podcast, we're giving you a preview of what it is we have in store over the next weeks and months as we uh, try a mock trial podcast. Uh, I think Drew and I have been discussing this for a little while. We both love discussing mock trial, and we have a hunch that there are a lot of other people out there who feel the same way. So our goal with this podcast is to provide a forum for people to discuss mock trial, you know, on a semi-regular basis and everything that's going on in AMTA, law school mock trial, high school mock trial, really, you know, any and all topics we can find. So, so Drew, as we introduce ourselves here, I'm curious to know how you came to mock trial and what your current role uh, in mock trial is right now. Great. So uh, I'm a rising senior at Haverford College. Um, I got involved uh, in high school, actually uh, did it for three years in high school and then four years in college. Um, and it's been a really awesome experience for me at Haverford um, just to take you know a fledgling program that started its team just a year before I got there um, and to take that fledgling um, into a team that placed at nationals this year. Uh, I've been the tab director at both of our previous tournaments, and I will be our tournament director for our upcoming tournament, and I'm looking forward to seeing that um, and taking on uh, my new role as the external president of their program and uh, seeing where we can go and hopefully return to nationals. Uh, Ben, uh, I'd love to hear from you, though, uh, what has gotten you into mock trial at this point. Well, first of all, and I can say from personal experience that your program has had tremendous growth over the last couple of years, and I look forward to hopefully not hitting you at a lot of tournaments <laughs> because you're very difficult to beat. So I uh, did mock trial in high school from uh, 2003 to 2007. So a couple of years ago at uh, Maryland high school mock trial. Uh, and then I came to UMBC as a uh, transfer. Uh, one of the nice things now is I don't feel like I have to explain what UMBC stands for as <laughs> much as I may have before March. Uh, but so I came to UMBC as a transfer in 2011 the same year that my younger brother, Zach, came in as a freshman. He also competed um, high school mock trial. We, along with um, Travis Bell, who's another one of our good friends, started uh, UMBC's program in 2011, competed there for two years, um, and then I competed for three years uh, for the national trial team at the University of Maryland School of Law while I was also coaching at UMBC. And so for the last several seasons, I've been the head coach at UMBC. Um, And while I don't know if we've had quite as quick of a rise uh, as as you all, we did manage to advance two years ago to Nationals NLA uh, and have had two teams at Orcs the last two years. So we're we're well behind a lot of great programs, but we're not. Uh, we, we've made a lot of progress over the last couple of years. Oh, you're being too modest, Ben. Uh, UMBC is obviously a fantastic program. And uh, I've always been wondering to ask you, Ben, uh, what's it like the rivalry between uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County versus University of Maryland College Park? I we are excellent, excellent friends with our um, very similarly named counterparts at the <laughs> University of Maryland College Park. Uh, Zach Mundy, who runs their program, is is a great guy. Um, but we we love hitting them. You know, like we have. I mean, look, let's be real here. They're five time national champions. We are not. Um, and so, uh, you know, they're uh, they're you know, in many ways, they've had a much stronger track record. But we have a great relationship with College Park, and they're they're fantastic people. Uh, so Drew and I have been discussing, we wanted to do a quick preview discussion to give you a sense of what it is we're trying to discuss on this podcast. And I discovered, because um, we've got a team registered for Haverford's 
fantastic tournament this upcoming season. Um, I discovered that Drew's uh, tournament, Haverford's tournament, has a challenge format for round one. And we've uh, sort of figured out that we think we have a difference of opinion on challenge tournaments, but we haven't discussed it yet. We wanted to discuss it organically here. So Drew, I'm interested in hearing why you all chose, and I know you're one of the, the tournament directors, your incoming president. So why did you all choose to do a challenge format for your tournament this year? Uh, well, let me first just say that uh, we're, Haverford is also fortunate enough to be going to UMBC's tournament next fall, and I was surprised to see that Ben does not have a challenge format. And uh, I can say that from our perspective, there are a couple of reasons why we do it. Um, the first is it's fun. I think that it's a fun way to kick off the opening ceremonies to start the tournament with just a little bit of that competitive, uh, you know, choosing who you're going to play against. It gives you a chance to kind of decide which side do I want to go first. Um and the other thing about it is from a balancing perspective, uh, in general, I feel that challenge matching tends to balance the first two rounds a little bit better than a random pairing would. Um, the nature of challenge matching is that it's normally done um, based in power ranking order, um, meaning that the first team to choose is the top ranked team. Um, so, you know, if that's number one team in the country right now, Miami, um, you know, they're going to choose first. And most teams at Invitationals are going to choose to challenge a similarly good team. Um, so let's just say that Yale is also at our tournament. Yale is overall number two. Um, under this scenario, it seems likely that Miami would then choose to go against Yale. Um, what you've done then is the two top teams, you've put them into different brackets for that first and second round um, instead of what oftentimes happens with random pairings where you may end up having both you know, Miami and Yale um, being a prosecution team. And you, know, you go into round two and the prosecution side is just doing tremendously better than the defense. And you end up with very wacky uh, pairings for the second round, and uh, Ben's, you know, hosted Stevenson Regionals where we saw that in full form. And I would have expected to be very aware of this issue and the hopefully advantages that challenge matching provides. <laughs> so you know, it's it's funny you say, I, and I probably should have clarified that my every tournament that we've ever been to that had a challenge format did it by TPR, and I think that is where I have the problem which is that um, when you do it by TPR, so I, as, as listeners will discover, you know, weeks and months, I'm very sensitive to small, you know, the interests and, and needs of smaller programs, programs that maybe haven't experienced as much success yet. And what I don't like about challenge formats at tournaments is that it turns into, you know, picking essentially, you know, a team for kickball in gym class that, you essentially end, you know, you are guaranteed to end up with the lowest TPR teams playing each other in round one. So you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have Yale, Miami, but you're also going to have, if it's sorted by TPR, which I think almost all challenge formats do, it's inevitable that, and we've experienced it, that you're going to end up, you know, playing, uh, you know, the, the lowest teams, quote unquote, at the, at the tournament are going to end up playing each other in round one. Um, and I don't I don't love that. I don't think the top teams need to play each other more. Um, I think in many ways, we the, the benefit of random pairings is that it's random that you're you're you know, it may so happen that Miami draws, you know, UMBC and we you know, we don't get to play them very often and obviously we might get to play them in, in uh future rounds but the, the other thing that i think i don't love about it is that it 
like you know you're applying the AMTA pairing system in every way except for this way and the AMTA pairing system is not really designed for a challenge format right it's designed for for random draw and so i don't know if it has a you know a, a detrimental effect on the uh pairings down the line but it's just it's you know it's it's a variation from that pairing system and i think that pairing system has its issues as we saw at the Stevenson regional, but generally I think my primary concern is that it gets to me to feel like you're picking, you know, teams in gym class and that you're going to end up with the bottom teams on the TPR list playing each other. And I just don't love that. No, I think that uh, what you're saying is very fair. I think that as a, another program that's definitely come a long way this year. And um, I can even say that, uh, at both of our last two tournaments, which were challenge matched, um, we had one of at least one of our two teams was one of the last teams chosen. Uh, the first year we hosted a tournament, we actually had a situation where we had to force the last two rounds to be um, to choose Haverford um, because we hadn't been chosen yet. Um, and when we went to Florida um, for a tournament down there, it was challenge matched, and we were um, one of the last teams chosen. And I I totally hear where you're coming from on the, you know, it, it feels like a little bit of this middle school, you know, the top dog picks the top dog. Um, but I think that it kind of gives you a chance to prove yourself. And I think that I, I like that. Okay. So, you know, if I'm not that great and I have to play, you know, a not as great team in the first round, great. So let me go and beat them. So then I can come in and play a really good team in the second round. And I think that, uh, while I do hear your point, Ben, that I think that there are definitely a lot of benefits to small teams getting chances against, you know, the Yales and Miamis of the world. At the same time, I, to a certain extent, think that not necessarily they need to earn that right, but that, you know, when to get there, right? You know, if you have a good TPR, you know, you should be playing those teams. And if you don't, you know, win a couple rounds and get to that point. But jumping into it in the first round, you know, it, it's to a certain extent to that team doing them such a disservice because the team I'm talking about being the, the lower ranked team, just because for them to just jump into a round against Yale, let's say odds are that they're probably not going to do particularly well. And, you know, it's, it's discouraging. It's disheartening to go up in a round where you get absolutely slaughtered. Um, while I didn't take part in it, when Havford went to their very first tournament as a program, uh, good four years ago now um their first tournament they went to was a region uh, it was a regional tournament um it was in pennsylvania it was in philadelphia really and they ended up going up against uva um in either the first or the second round and obviously they just got absolutely slaughtered and you know we happened to have a group of members um who took that loss as a okay let's do better next year um but it you know for some it was really disheartening they were like that was not fun. You know, it, it was just such a higher level of mock trial than what they were used to, that they just got absolutely slaughtered. And, uh, you know, challenge matching aside, I think that there are a number of things that can be discussed about the issues of random pairing. Um, and just that, as I cited before, you know, you don't want a situation in which all of the good teams are on one side and all of the, I'm not going to say bad, but not quite as good teams are on the other side. And you have these really uneven pairings going through the rest of it. As you cited, Ben, you know, using the AMTA pairing system, um, you know, it is kind of reliant on all the teams within the defense bracket and all the teams within the prosecution or plaintiff bracket 
are fairly even. Um, the basis is that the number one prosecution or plaintiff plays the number one defense, number two, number two. And the assumption is that the number ones are approximately equal, the number twos are approximately equal and down the line. Um, so I think that I would make the argument that a challenge matching format, which inherently divides up the good teams and not as good teams more equally, um, does a better job of serving the AMTA format. Yeah. And, and you know, your your point about evenly balancing the sides is an interesting one. And I, I don't necessarily think I even disagree with it. I think my primary point um, is just that it, you're right that getting killed is not fun. I was on our first ever team. We went to an invitational at Patrick Henry and, you know, Patrick Henry just sort of used us as a tetherball for third, you know, for three hours as they should. Right. I mean, Patrick Henry is a mm-hmm. phenomenal team. Uh, but I think my concern with challenge format tournaments, and to be fair, mm-hmm. I, a lot of challenge format tournaments are comprised of mostly teams or turn, you know, programs that um, have some experience. But if you go, zero and two in round one, it can be very difficult to ever get a chance to play up to one of those really good teams you may just end up on the the path to the out bracket in round four i mean i I guess there's no out bracket if they're not using the regionals pairings but i just i really like the randomness of you walk in the door at this tournament and you don't know if you're going to play new school a who's never competed before or miami a you know and Mm -hmm. i think that to me is something that i find really attractive so i guess i should i should say i don't hate challenge formats but if you give me a choice i'm gonna go with the randomness every day because i think it's part of the activity right and i i think that i definitely hear the the point on randomness being part of the activity i think that anyone that's listening to this podcast has had a random judge or a random pairing where you just go why mock gods why have you done this to me Mm -hmm. um but uh i think that um i definitely i hear your point and i think that I don't necessarily think that doing random pairings is a crime against humanity that should be outlawed. Um, obviously, it's what Ampt ends up doing at their tournaments. Um, I just think that the challenge matching is kind of a fun um, activity to kind of do, like I said, during the opening ceremonies. And uh, I don't know, at least for us, we've always seen it as, you know, a chance to prove ourselves and prove our mettle. And, uh, you know, if we don't get chosen early, you know, we want to be resilient. We want to be the team that responds to that and says, okay, well, we're going to prove to you that we can be that top team and uh, not to toot our horn too much, but you know, at the Florida tournament where we were one of the last teams chosen, we ended up going eight and zero, and you know, was our most successful tournament showing to date. Now I'm not going to say that that was because there was challenge matching at the beginning. Um, I do think that, you know, it depends on your team and how do you guys respond to that, you know, maybe getting picked last and, you know, it doesn't feel good for anyone, but you know, Maybe it makes you a little hungry to go out there and beat the top dog. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your record at the Florida tournament because I was going to do that if you hadn't. So, <laughs> um, man, then there's some, maybe there's something to that. But all right. Well, this has been, a, I think, a good example of how we'll have similar thoughts on some things and, and different thoughts on other things. So looking forward, uh, we are um, we're recording this uh, midweek, uh, about 10 days before trial by combat. And our hope is to have our first full episode out the week before trial by combat with a little bit of a trial by combat uh, preview, um, some discussion on the format and, and how we're thinking of it. I'm going to be um, there judging. I'm going to be judging a couple of rounds so we maybe can have some content live from trial by combat. You know, Then we'll move forward and that'll be our first full episode. And then I think we'll have a couple other episodes throughout uh, the summer. So 
I don't know about you, Drew, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be you know good discussion. Hopefully, we'll be able to discuss things with um, you know maybe some people who are connected with AMTA, some prominent competitors with different programs, and you know really get a lot of perspectives on on mock trial. And and I think I mentioned this to you, but I love the law school mock trial world. Um, I'm still pretty tied in there, so you know maybe we can educate AMTA competitors a little bit on what it's like in law school and people making the decisions about whether to keep competing and you know, just really dig into everything that we can find. Yeah, I am really looking forward to it too, Ben. I think it's going to be really awesome. And I think that it's really going to be great just to hear, you know, kind of those both perspectives. I will try my best to give the current competitor perspective. And um, Ben, it's awesome to be able to get um, a coach's perspective involved and someone that's gone through this, gone through law school mock trial. And uh, I think it's really cool to hear, you know, that that interest still lingers on, that uh, we're not alone in this world. Well, I think, I think it's going to be a good discussion. I think we're going to have interesting perspectives. So for now, we're going to sign off. We'll be back next week with our Trial by Combat preview episode. And uh, until then, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. 